0: Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready?
1: Are you ready? Let's get it on! How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sundays, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. It's a very busy day on the show today. WWE earnings call ended a few hours ago. WWE reported this morning revenues of a 186.4 million and profits of 21.8 million for the third quarter of the year. Numbers that beat Wall Street estimates of 172 million and 15 million. Strong numbers led to a stock price increase of 2.27 per share to $23.82 at the time of this writing. This would make the first quarter in recent memory where the profits beat the dividend payout which was $9.42 million. The keys are increasing profitability in most categories, with only WWE Studios and Home, home Entertainment falling bef- uh, below last year's numbers. WWE Network profitability increased from $15.7 million during the third quarter last year to $24.3 million due to a combination of more revenue and lower spending due to producing fewer original shows. We've been talking about that forever. However, as I had predicted, actually, the 1.507 million subscribers for the network, well, up 4% from a year ago, was a decline from the last quarter. There were 392,000 new signups, 453,000 cancellations during the quarter. During the third quarter last year, there were 388,000 new signups, 455,000 cancellations. So the trend was very close to identical. This shows the strength of the pay-per-views as the main events were stronger this year, only has a very minor effect on subscription numbers. The other take is that the Mae Young Classic, with all the hype, really meant nothing for subscriber numbers. They also predicted another drop in network subscriptions, as much as 50,000 in the fourth quarter. The reality is, it's a cyclical network business. We've seen this from the day they launched, and I think we're going to see this until the end of time first quarter is always going to be huge second quarter is usually going to be big then you're going to have two drops in the third and fourth quarter and then the cycle goes around again Chris Harrington is going to join us after the break to talk more about these numbers Dave Meltzer joining us as well later on lots of news back in a moment with Wrestling Observer Live
2: sometimes love. Attention floor buyers, the sixth annual fall flooring yard sales going on now at Lumber Liquidators. Get high quality flooring at
3: low yard sale prices like Woodlook waterproof floors from just 39 cents. All Dream Home X2O water resistant laminate is on sale. Prefinished hardwood is starting at 149. Get more deals in store while supplies last. Plus, special project financing and professional installation with Install Plus. Hurry, visit LumberLiquidators.com
4: to find the Lumber Liquidators store near you today. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention
3: or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next? Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide you'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. Anchor.fm is a great new platform that has some of the coolest audio on the planet. You'll find Rick Tittle's comedy spotlight and his interviews with all of today's biggest comedians, plus the best in politics, music, and more. Anchor has it all. And if you want to get in on the action, you can start your own station and be the DJ you've always dreamed of. If you're looking to launch a podcast, Anchor is the easiest way to begin. And with so many ways to interact with your listeners, you'll be destined for greatness. So check out the comedy spotlight and more at Anchor.fm.
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network
1: We're back here in the show. Brian Alvarez here wrestling Observer live, Mike Sempervivi, also of wrestlingobserver.com. We are joined today by Chris Harrington to talk these WWE network numbers and more. Chris, how are you doing today?:
6: I'm doing great, Brian.
1: So in looking at all of this here, there's not really anything that I find all that surprising. I think everything is is pretty much as a lot of people expected. They did better than Wall Street expected, but, I mean, they cut a lot of costs on the network, and so it was more profitable, and they're expecting it to be down. I mean, it was down from the last quarter because it is fall, and fall and winter are usually low, and then it bumps up again in the beginning of the year, January, February. I mean, is there anything here that surprised you?
6: There was a couple storylines that I found interesting. One of them was the domestic attendance number. Uh, it dropped to 4,900 people a show. Normally it's more like, uh, you know, 5,300, 5,500 or more. And we actually haven't had a number that low since about 2011 for Q3. But what was intriguing is they ran 89 domestic events, North America. That does not even include NXT. And so while the number The the average attendance per show was down. The total number of people that attended a WWE show in North America this quarter was way up. And the revenue from live events was was higher than it's been for this quarter for many years. And then additionally, um, venue merchandise was actually kind of flat, which intrigued me, which is basically saying – spending per person was actually down but a uh, number of people that were going to the show was up and they actually got a five percent increase on ticket prices this year so for all the talk we've had about these half empty arenas and the inability to sell out a raw in a small place they are actually finding ways to make more money so again we see them squeezing their hardcore fans but they're running a lot of shows and that's working well for them and combine that with the escalating tv rights that's a formula to make a lot more money each year
1: well it is it is interesting because I mean they are squeezing more money out of the out of a smaller number of fans but it is interesting that they couldn't squeeze more money out on merchandise.
6: Yeah that that one surprised me. I think it's because they ran so few international shows and international attendance was down. They really just had the China show, a one Japan show and some Australia tour this time. And I think international fans might disproportionately be buying a lot in venue merchandise. We did see WWE shop numbers go up by several million. And I think that might also reflect things like in India, the sold store and in Amazon UK and of course WWE shop itself that we are seeing a little bit more maybe over the, um, you know, internet sales rather than actual venue merchandise sales. There was zero talk on this call about, you know, things having to do with talent that or more what wrestling fans talk about. So there's no talk about, is gender a success? There's no talk about, is Brock a good freebie? Well, hold on. Let me ask you about
1: Jinder. I must ask this question. So when they do the breakdown of network revenues by region, like India should technically be considered Asia. But they list it as Asia Pacific. I mean, I guess that would be – I don't even know where they classify Indian here because they don't have – actually list India – it's like europe middle east africa asia pacific but the asia pacific revenue i mean for this year it has grown 41.3 million to 47.3 million i mean that is a that's well, they growth run all those places so so i mean maybe i mean we can't really just attribute it right to jinner but i mean there's certainly no evidence in here that jinner's been a failure
2: maybe yep. he's been a success well, hold on. Isn't that because though? Isn't that number though? And Chris, obviously, you can answer this. S- s- tilted because they ran Australia, India, or I guess they didn't run India, but they ran everywhere else. Whereas, aren't those numbers being compared to times where they didn't?
6: Well, again, those are nine month numbers um, for for 2017. They did 47.3 million for Asia, and then 2016 for the first nine months it was 41.3 million. So it's six million up. I would say a lot of that is actually just escalating TV rights fees, and so that's not necessarily coming from live events or from venue merchandise or anything. What I found fascinating is if you think about how much money they've added this year, the $55 million of revenue growth, 88%, almost 90% of that money came from North America. So while they talk and talk and talk about international marketplaces – 90% 90% of their revenue growth this year came from North America. 75% of their set network subs are still based in domestic. And the lion's share of live event revenue is coming from North America. So they, they talk a lot of a game about the international marketplaces, about where they want to be in the future. But the reality is this is a business that's really about United States and to a much lesser extent Canada.
2: Well, Chris, as a person you know, who pours over these numbers, is there any thought in your mind or because they, they don't get into depth as far as the issues as you spoke of, you know, when it comes to talent and things like that. They don't get into any depth really on those types of issues with those calls. Unless they don't get the questions. Unless
6: it's the marketing message for the year. This year's marketing message is it's the year of the women's revolution. So they talked about the percentage of women on the roster and the number of people that are coming. And Vince McMahon himself tried to name the people that they signed from the Middle East and India and basically then suddenly said, hey, Paul, do you remember their names? Well, <laughs> didn't you want to help pronounce
1: <laughs> their names? Which of course yeah, all geniuses have even, problems with pronouncing names, but go ahead. of course. But I
2: mean
6: I couldn't remember how to say her name. But yes. It it was funny where unless it's part of their marketing message, no talent itself does not come up sorry i didn't mean to cut you off
2: no no problem but isn't there i mean do you look at this these numbers and the turn it's taken and the the past couple times we've spoken about this we've talked about how much can you uh how much can you actually get out and soak your hardest hardcore older fan for which they've been doing we've been talking about you know how much can you do And, and is there any thought of like yeah they're running a bunch of shows but Like, the chickens are coming home to roost here. I mean, is there any concern over that? That's the first thing I thought of when I saw the per head drop and I saw the attendance drop. It's like, well, maybe, you know, this is – are they bottoming out now or is this the bottom? You need to start being concerned about that, right?
6: Mm, Possibly. I, I mean, in aggregate, more people attended a WWE show in North America this quarter than they did in several quarters. In years past, possibly more than ever in the last 10 years for this quarter. So I, I can't say that they're definitely losing, losing, losing lots of people because t- TV ratings, the way they measured them, were only off about 1%. That said, I think WWE cares a lot more about their relationship with NBC Universal than they do with their core fans. And that really comes through that when <laughs> all the marketing, all the messaging, all the positioning now is about how much they love their relationship with the network, how they got new advertisers how they're ready to announce the new uh-huh. TV deals coming up next year. That stuff's what's important to them. Yeah,
2: that, that means to me they also know they don't have a lot of suitors. And, in fact, the only suitor they really have has been their one friend this entire time.
6: They admitted that. I mean, they said it was quite a small cohort. And they made no references to the Netflix or Amazons or the Facebooks that, you know, the analysts like to pretend is an option. And they made that much more. We think that P- – pay tv is real we think a bundle bundle is going to stay usa network still has 92 million homes that it has coverage in so i think they're very realistic in the fact that what their goal is going to be is to do something with Raw and smackdown on this renewal that's going to stay on pay tv and the only question i have in my mind is maybe do you carve off smackdown and see if maybe you can get a fox or someone else to maybe be a counterbalance to you so that at least you're dealing with more than one network in your day-to-day activities
1: now, the, all this talk of the women's revolution and that being their catchphrase of the year, all the women, 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 I mean, the May Young Classic, the quarter that the May Young Classic aired in, the network numbers are actually down. Did they address that in any way?
6: They said, quote, you know, our female superstars are getting the same traction as our male superstars and that the May Young Classic was on par with how we did with the other uh, male-based tournaments. But what, unfortunately, that sidesteps is the fact that they used a totally different distribution model this time, right? They went the Netflix binge model by they putting sure all of episodes out at once. Yeah. And I was really disappointed that these media analysts, who I don't expect to understand, you know, Roman Reigns gets the mumps, but I do expect them to understand there's a difference in rolling out a schedule eight at once or doing it one week over eight weeks. There's a big difference there, and I thought they would at least – quiz them a little bit more to get some of that feedback, and they didn't, which I, I shouldn't be shocked by, but I was a little disappointed.
1: All right, I know you're doing a lot of work on this, so let's get some plugs out right here for the stuff that you're doing, where people can hear and read more.
6: Yeah, I'm uh, on Twitter at Mukigana. If you go check out my Twitter feed for today, it's just covered with coverage of this including I just finished a a one-and-a-half-hour video podcast where I broke down the numbers, went through the KPIs with my co-host, Brandon Thurston. Together we host a show called WrestleNomics Radio uh, every week where we talk about the financials of professional wrestling and the business of it. And so you can find us at, uh, um, if you go to tinyurl.com slash WrestleNomicsRadio, you'll find our entire page and all the podcasts we've been doing. So it's it's fun to talk about it with people like um, Mike and Brian who care a lot about the business of wrestling on all ends.
2: Push right. that Patreon, too. Tell them to give you money. You deserve it. It's a great job. You're doing awesome, You're doing awesome, awesome work.
1: All right, we're right up at the break. Back in a moment, Wrestling Observer Live.
7: Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper,
4: Once again, that's 800-932-5517.
3: My joints used to kill me.
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
1: We're back here on the show. Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Lots to talk about here today. Dave Meltzer is joining us right now to talk about the WWE quarterly. Investors call the numbers. Dave, what's going on? Not too much. What's going on? What are your big takeaways from this year?
8: From this quarter? Um... I mean, they were very profitable. They cut down on um, a lot of expenses. The less new shows on the network, the the record revenues and stuff. I mean, there's a couple of things. Number one is they're running a lot more house shows than they have before. Although the the, the key is the escalators in the television numbers, which is why the business is continuing to grow. The uh, the network number, obviously, very disappointing. Um, it was exact. I mean, the exact amount of drop this quarter, almost exact, within a few thousand. That it was the same time last year. I mean, the big take is that what it shows is that the network number is a seasonal thing and you could put on the greatest pay per views. I don't say greatest pay per views, but you can really get, uh, you know, pay per views with a lot of interest or you can put on pay per views to put on pay per views and it's not really going to affect the number much at all. I mean, last, last year at this time they had, you know, pretty weak pay per view main events. This year they had like some strong ones, the Lesnar match with Joe, the Lesnar match with Strowman, the four-way at SummerSlam, and the results were almost identical. The May Young Classic meant nothing. Um, so, I mean, what it is is people are going to buy the network the first quarter, and then, then a certain percentage are going to stay with it, and a certain percentage are going to drop it. And it, it really doesn't matter product quality or anything like that. That's just a seasonal pattern, and it's... Um, the bad part is that it becomes very easy to become complacent. Luckily, Vince McMahon is not a complacent person, but he's also not necessarily really in touch with a lot right now, so it's kind of like a weird thing. It's like he almost it, the natural inclination is to just go, ah, you know, no matter what we do, it's going to be the same anyway. So, you know, you know, and that's that's kind of bad in a creative business. Vince will not have that attitude, but um, you know, I, I see Vince's booking, and I just. You well, know, it's like can you know, it be said see.
2: that he has that attitude now because and isn't it there or am I overthinking this? Because asked Mookie. The same thing. Is there a real concern right now with the fact that you're running so many shows, but your per head is down. And that's been the thing merchandise wise that's been helping you out is the fact that pe- may, there may be less people, but they're they're going harder than ever to to pay. Have they hit that ceiling and they're starting to bottom out and the chickens are starting to come home?
8: Not yet. Um, I mean, this is the most profitable quarter that they, you know, they've had. So it's not, it's not happening. I don't see any signs of it happening. What it is is, yes, there are. Um, you know, because the, I start
2: panicking they, when I start the, hearing the, like you start drop, getting around forty five hundred.
8: Like the, there was a, a real bad drop a year ago. This year, it's pretty. It's been pretty steady. Um, but you know, when you say that, the fact is, is that you know the network number um, is, was pretty much unpatterned. I mean, what the. You know we've already learned that network growth from this point forward is going to be very slow year to year. I don't think it's going to decline I mean maybe it'll decline in a couple of years, but you know four percent growth year over year um you know it's it's obviously not what they want it's nothing whatever but um you know i, I you know the key's still not the network number the key's the t v rights number and and that's built in escalators every year and I think they'll get that with a new contract because unless they have no now if they have a bad year next year. Like they had last year, that could affect it. But you know, you're, you're you know, like like a, like for a, a, a free agent contract for an athlete, this is their contract year, and their numbers have been you know steady compared to last year. Which in, in the television business, steady is 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 a positive. I guess um, they're they're looking. I think they're looking good now. Um, you know, there's still other factors. I mean, if somehow the the profit picture in USA in the USA network collapses then they would be in trouble but i don't know if that's the case you know um 10 years from now if television changes and they don't have the kind of revenue in television they had before you know yeah that could affect them at that point but
2: sure i mean obviously the shift to tv tv is more important than ever worldwide i mean and as long as they show you know they get some sort of increase from nbc and even if they don't i mean it's not like they still wouldn't be okay but i mean that attendance number it's like when your mom and paws in like C markets are doing like like Salisbury twenty five hundred and things like that, that it's like that those numbers really those to me are really worrying. Even though I know overall it doesn't really matter in so many ways because it is it comes down to that TV money. But like I don't know that is to me just starting to be disconcerting when you're running that many more and it's like I know it's not WCW, but it, there there are feels like that when it's like you're not paying attention. Yeah, you know, and you're thinking nothing matters, and this doesn't matter, that doesn't matter. And sooner or later, it matters, and is it? It just seems like it's starting yeah, to matter yeah, now.
8: you yeah, you you know, I mean, the, the attendance number was down eight percent from the same quarter. That's that's a real drop, you know. And we've seen it. We've seen the attendance at the TVs. You know, before it would be the attendance at the house shows would be would be down, but the TVs would make up for it. Because um, you got to remember, now the SmackDown TV is more attractive than it was before. Although not so much now, because now we're now we're already at the period where it's live versus live. Whereas before it wasn't. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 attendance is you know attendance at the house shows are down. The attendance at the TVs are down. There is something there that that is something of concern to a degree, to, you know, without a doubt. But I mean, the one thing, the one thing is, is again, when we talk about Vince and everything, is. And you, you don't know what he's saying versus what he truly believes. I know what Vince would truly believe years ago because he would say it, and now he says something completely different. You know, and it could be that they've convinced him that, like, hey, those numbers that you used to pay attention to are the ones that don't matter. These are the numbers that matter, and they throw out those social media numbers and YouTube view numbers and things like that. When you look at that, and even though they're not, you know, they don't translate directly into money – you know he looks at those money he's like we're well, really growing like crazy and we're beating the nFL and we're beating the nBA even though those are all complete you know they you know I don't say make believe numbers but they're, they're 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 numbers that I wouldn't even give a second's thought to
1: you know you talk about like the the overall revenue being up and and uh you know we always talk about we were talking about that's with uh, with mookie the idea that they're getting more money out of their hardcore fans, but for some reason the merch numbers are stagnant. I mean, is it possible that because your ticket prices for these house shows continue to escalate, I mean, if you go to a house show with like a family of four, I mean, is it possible you spend so much money on tickets that they're just spending less on merchandise?
8: Um, I haven't figured the the, the per head on the merch. That's going to come out in a couple days, but... um... Usually the merch is, is stems from, um, you know, like how over the characters are, and so that just basically means that the top, you know...
1: You're you're right, but I mean, it feels like the top guys, like, it feels like we got some hot guys on top now, Strowman and yep, Brock yep, you, okay, and...
8: You, 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 you say that, but here's the key, though. You do have that, but you also don't have John Cena at every show. That's true. Like you used to have, and John Cena far and away was the number one merchandise guy. So... If he's he not on the him. shows and people buy less John Cena merchandise, um, that's enough to make a big di- a difference right there.
2: Dave, what has been their philosophy? I mean, because it's like their philosophy always seems to be we're going to fill out the top rows of the building, you know, with the $20 seats. That's what they really push hard in their commercials and everything locally.
8: And obviously the floor. T- those, are the tickets that, those are the tickets that they don't sell. That's the funny part of the whole thing.
2: Well, and, and like the 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 front floor usually gets filled up, but all their mid-range seats are usually the ones that end up really tend to being open because it's either like feast or famine, you know, where you want to be. Why have they? When's the last time they've kind of readjusted that as far as their how they view tiering all that sort of stuff?
8: Or, or do you know? Well, they keep they keep the they keep the the top price. I mean, the um the upper deck prices have not rose rose. What they've done is they've continually rose the front rows. Yeah. Or, or put more like really expensive floor. They they continue to increase the floor seat number, um, um, call you know prices, and generally speaking, when you you know the floor seats are still going, so it's like the the more expensive they make it, people are still going to those ones. It's the cheap tickets they're having trouble selling, and they're not raising those prices. So what it is is they are they are there's a there's a harder core of fans that is willing to spend money on wrestling than has ever been before. Yeah but the number of fans willing to go and spend money on wrestling is less than before and so right now it's more profitable i mean yeah would you want it to where you want both those numbers up of course you would they haven't figured out how to do that i mean that is the that is the the, the one thing it's like they are more dependent on fewer fans but luckily for them those fewer fans absolutely just feel like that they have to have those front row seats and they have to have you know what i mean they 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 have to spend that money and they have to go to wrestlemania and as long as you have it, that's a that's a great business, yeah. you know. At least for right now, especially especially with the TV money. Especially you know, if that TV money TV goes money, up, it's a completely different business. And and and, but you know, I, I don't see, like I said, right now it doesn't look bad for the TV money. I know I know I I know some stuff about the UFC negotiations, and the WWE negotiations will probably be similar. And UFC is being offered more money and they're coming off of a bad year. They're being offered more money than they're getting now. Now, it's not as much as UFC wants by any means, but it is more. And WWE, by, by that standard, there's a good chance WWE will be offered more than before, but not like you know $400 million or the kind of numbers that some of the analysts are talking about. Like, well, look at what NASCAR gets, and WWE draws similar. Range. They ain't going to get close to NASCAR, and, and nor, is, nor is UFC.
1: By the end of the day, I mean, if they, if they even get equal money – I mean, if they even get equal money and the network remains as profitable as it is right now, I mean they're fine for a long they're time fine. they're doing oh, yeah. very well
8: yeah they're fine they're going to be look they're, they're fine the only thing that would would kill them is um you know a, a complete destruction of the television system that would that would you know i don't expect that to happen, but that would that would hurt them or w c w level incompetence and i don't expect that to happen either, so they're fine yeah.
1: All righty. Well, Dave, I want to thank you so much for doing the show today. A new Observer we'll talk about after the break. We'll tell you how to read it at WrestlingObserver.com. Back in a moment, Wrestling Observer Live.
7: The wall's the floor. Just as well to keep it. I get some game you with me now. We'll be again. Other points in between. And the cool
3: If you're a pro, you don't buy a little of this or that. You buy a lot of this or that. And at the Home Depot, you save even more. Save up to 15% in bulk discounts on select pro-grade products from top brands like 3M, Loctite, and Liquid Nails. As a pro, you work hard for your money. You shouldn't have to work hard to save it. Up to 15% in bulk discounts on select pro-grade products. Only at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. See store for
7: details.
4: You have a job to fill. You post your opening to dozens of online job sites and receive 600 resumes which you barely have time to eyeball and settle on someone good on paper. In real life, they aren't. You train, retrain, correct, redo, admit defeat, start all over again. Robert Half is the better way to find top talent quickly. Robert Half interviews and custom matches applicants to your exact requirements. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com slash radio.
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
1: can right the show. Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. For the latest news and info, pro wrestling and mixed martial arts, head to WrestlingObserver.com. The new Observer is up right now. 35,000 words of news and information on pro wrestling and mixed martial arts just from this week. Every single week there's a new Observer, there's a new Back Issue. 8,000 archived shows, only for subscribers. If you love this show, I guarantee you, I guarantee like Vince McMahon back in the day, that you will enjoy a subscription to WrestlingObserver.com. So head up and check out the new Observer right now. Dave is on here every Thursday we got some news to get into today, phone calls. If you want to give us a call, last segment here, 844-411-5411. That is 844-411-5411. Text messages, 425 780 To the phones, you're on the air. What's up?
8: Hi, guys. Uh, this is uh, Louis from San Jose. How you guys doing?
1: What's up? No,
6: what's up? Uh, why do you respond to such contemporary calls? I don't understand.
1: What are you talking about? I want to know what's up. What's going on? Oh, I say Hi, Louie. All right, Louie, you're out of here. I just had contempt for that caller. All right. As Dave Meltzer... That, good that the callers can now feel what I feel on a daily basis. Confirmed in this week's edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Jeff Jarrett checked into a rehab facility yesterday. Meltzer wrote that Jarrett came to grips with the fact that he had a problem with Karen Jarrett working with WWE officials to set up the rehab stay. The decision comes after Jarrett allegedly showed up late, with Jarrett saying he was held up at customs for three hours, was drinking and passed out backstage, and then wrestled while in no condition to perform at a show for Real Canadian Wrestling in Calgary last Friday. Jarrett then missed their show in Edmonton the next day as he returned to the United States. Before the news that Jarrett was checking in a rehab became public, Russell Cade also announced yesterday he would not be appearing at any of their events in Winston-Salem, North Carolina on November 24th, 25th, and 26th due to personal reason, uh, reasons. That's show's head-to-head with Starcade. Impact Wrestling revealed Jarrett no longer with the company, and their rebrand into Global Force Wrestling no longer happening. Although Meltzer noted he first heard about that before what happened with Jarrett over the weekend. There you go, Jeff's in rehab. Hopefully it turns out well. Glad something's finally moving forward here, because... We were hearing a lot of stories.
2: Oh yeah, it was very public, and it's always tough when you see a public slide, and you have that person who's on the slide, uh, you know, digging his heels in, saying there's no problem. Everybody's saying eh, there's there's a problem. We can't force them, but there, there's an issue here, and those whispers became public, and more and more things started happening publicly. And hey, good. Go, go get yourself some help. That's the, one of the great things that WWE does is that they pay for it. And like in the case of a Tammy Sitch, has paid for it four, five, six times in different facilities doing different things. So he's probably under the best care he could possibly be in right now, and best of luck to him. Spredeer says, I live in Austin. I don't want to go to a Raw because the show is boring.
1: I would rather go to a house show where I can be saved from goofy segments.
2: You know, that's interesting, and I wonder if he's in the minority because the one thing I'm thinking is that segment ended with Dave is not something that I have not thought of before where it's like they make so much money off of those TV shows and off of TV. They're not going to stop making money off of that internationally. At what point do you really start wondering how often, to me, do you go in the other direction of how often are we really going to run? How can we maximize when we do these house shows so when we go to Dubuque, Iowa, we're not doing 1,500 people? How do we maximize this, and how do we pull back on it? Because the direction it's going in, it's like if it's all TV product, how often do you really need to be out there on the road unless you can truly maximize it and pull everything you can from a city? Why do you want to go to a Salisbury, Maryland, a tiny 130th Market if you're only going to get you know two thousand people to a, a civic center, but you got to look at it this way: they're running more house shows than ever, and so house shows are profitable. Like if yeah, if but they ran like fewer WCW approach shows. too, where it's like at some point though they atrophy, and when everybody's only doing a thousand, you ask yourself, well, why do we have to go to a place like? Virginia Beach, Hampton Road, so like that area where it's like, you know, or any area, you know, multiple times twice a year. Why not go once a well, year? think you're
1: going multiple times a year.
2: But for every, even like four or five times, you know, every couple of years, it's like, I don't know. I just look at that average number. And when you take out like your big events and your TV tapings, Man, it—I it, don't know. It, that's the one that just kind of. Again, it's not like it's the end of the world for WWE. It's not like I guess it really affects them at all. I just those numbers worry me because you've been extracting from your hardest of hardcore base for so long. Now that that started to slip, it's like you can only go down, and you can only go down usually rapidly. Well, a bunch of things. First off, I mean they only come to they only come to
1: Seattle like once a year. So I can't imagine they're going to Salisbury, Maryland, more than once a
2: year. No, but but again, you know why? If you're going once every year, or once every two years, or once every four years, it's like why would you at some point then go at all? If you really, if it is it really worth your while? Yeah,
1: I mean if they're profitable, then go. I mean if if they're going to Salisbury, Maryland, and they're mo- and they're losing money, then they're not going to go to Salisbury, Maryland. I mean they're going and they're still making money. I mean they're still making money on these house shows, so that's why they're still going everywhere. And as noted. They're running more than ever, and house shows are are up. They're making more money off the house shows. So, I mean, they're squeezing more money. Now, what's interesting about this is, I mean, they're still making – this guy here says he goes to house shows but not the TV. I mean, he is in the minority because more people go to TV than house shows. I mean, those are just the numbers. More people go to television than house shows. But, like, my buddies, like, a decade ago, I mean, if if WWE came to town – Everybody was going. Everybody was going. Now they come to town and none of my buddies are going. Like, I don't know uh-huh. anybody at these shows. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but I mean, there's still a lot of people going. That's so right, yeah. so it's not like if they ran less, my buddies would go.
2: <laughs> they're just not going. Yeah, but, I mean, why would you run it all if you get to the point where it's like that's the prevailing sentiment? Cause, you know, but they're still making these- money. But a lot of these, I I know I know they are. It's I just wonder when it stops being worth their while. Because when they're not the making TV, money, obviously duh. Yeah, but when TV is because it's such a TV, it's like anything we talk about with WWE creative and everything goes right out the window because. And I, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because if you have somebody that's paying for your TV product because they want a TV product. And they don't really care what's on it, and have no understanding of what's on it. <laughs> you know, it's like I guess, but but really you got to look at it this does way. Matter, but that affects all that other business. Where, again, I just worry about chickens coming home. But no, right. it, it, it's a business. Like it's a
1: business, and they're paying all of their wrestlers six figures, most of them. They're paying them six figures, <laughs> some of them mid six figures, and like unless the house shows are losing money, I mean, they want them out there on the road making their money. And they send them out all over the country four days a week and they make their money and they pay the guys. And I mean, yeah, if the day comes where you run a house show in Seattle and it draws 800 people, then, yeah, it's time to stop running house shows in Seattle. But as long as house shows are profitable, I mean, they're going to continue running as many house shows as they can and sending those guys out there and making their money and and having quarters like they had here. There's no reason to stop running Salisbury, Maryland, if I, the show just, is still turning a profit.
2: Again, I just I, I laugh a little bit where it's, once again, you take all of those main big-time events out of it, and you start looking at the, your your attendance, and then you start looking at the money per head, if that's starting to slip, that these people are paying, and I don't know. It just doesn't seem like good times to me. Well, they're fine. and And until things drop even further, I mean— I certainly would still be running house shows. Let me put it that way. And again, none of this matters because they're going to make a ton off of TV, so it all becomes moot. <laughs> and you know what happens, too, with that next number, because they're not hyping it so much. The last number that they got from USA was actually fantastic, but we, as we talked about leading into it, they did so much hype and so much BS and floated so much BS out there, it, it made investors believe there's going to be far more coming than what there was. This time around, there's not that's not happening and the investors are are a lot more tuned in and i have a feeling that their stock price once you know this a deal with i'm going to assume nbc universal ends up getting announced i doubt it's going to be terrible and i think it's going to be a lot more realistic and people are going to respond to it much better than they did the last time around which again i guess the bottom line is if that stock price is good as well as all the other stuff does it really matter Person
1: says, hey, come on. I was joking. That was unnecessary. You're on a power trip. I presume this is our last caller. I've been waiting oh, yeah. all week for this call. All right. Well, listen, call back right now. I'll let you call back right now. And when you get on the air, let's get going. We got 39 minutes on this show, and we got like six minutes left. So we got to get going here. We're not here to banter, we're here to get some information out here. This person says, <laughs> Didn't Chris say there was a significant internet merchandise sales increase? That's why the cost per head is down. More people are buying online prior to going to the shows. Well, I mean, that's your assumption. We don't know that. I mean, there there have always been online sales. I mean, why? I mean, to me, I mean, my argument, I don't know, but, like, if you're raising the ticket prices and they go higher and higher and higher and higher and you've got a family of four, Okay. I'll just throw out really simple numbers. Let's say you used to pay fifty bucks for a ticket. Okay, so the whole family pays two hundred dollars, and maybe you have you have three hundred that you brought to the show. You save a hundred dollars of discretionary income that you can spend on merchandise. So every time you go to the show, you spend two hundred on tickets and you spend a uh, hundred dollars on merch. Okay, so now let's say that WWE is coming to your town, and now as they've done, ticket prices have been raised. They are now seventy-five dollars per ticket. So, your family of four goes to the show. It now costs three hundred dollars for tickets, so that extra one hundred dollars of discretionary income you don't have that anymore. Your whole three hundred dollars went to tickets yeah. so to me, that could be a reason why the the you know ticket sales they're 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 selling tickets to these shows at a higher price, but they're selling the same amount of merchandise i mean it's very likely that that's why I don't know for sure, but I mean <laughs> when raw came to town like. I mean, maybe some people said, hey, you know, let's go online and buy something for the same price it would be at the building, wait for it to be shipped to the house, and then go to the show, as opposed to just buying it when we're there. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical that's the reason. Mm. Spurs says, I thought what Mookie said was interesting, maybe moving SmackDown to another network to do business with two networks.
2: Sure. Yeah, but you're you're. I don't also, know if they're going to do that. Well, the thing is, I think if they, if they could have, they already would have. You know, and I think they have a deal with Telemundo. I think in no, it's not. It's actually it's NBC Universal, I believe, now with the this last deal uh, in Latin America or at least in Mexico. But I think it's part of that whole overall package. Now, if you can get SmackDown to a Fox or a, 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 a TNT, I don't know who you know who you would throw out there an FX or something like that. Yeah, that would be great. But you know, the idea of doing that as if you could play one against each other later on down the road, I don't know if that's there for them. It's not, again, it's not exactly like sports.
1: Tim here says the raw ratings drop from 2015 to 16 was the largest percent ratings decline since 2001. Ratings are 6 to 7% lower than last year. With 10 more weeks of football, they will likely remain down. 25% drop since 2015 is concerning, especially considering they have been claiming to be down to their core audience for many years. Okay, yeah. here's the thing on well. this. Listen to me. Here's the thing on this. It is concerning if, if, Whatever networks they are dealing with are looking at those numbers and are concerned with them. Let me tell you something. If I were NBC Universal and I was paying escalating escalating rights fees for Raw, and every year I'm paying them more and they're giving me less, then when it came time to renew, I'd be like, dude, we can't give you more money. I mean, look, you're giving us so much less than what we originally paid you for, and we're paying you more every year. We just can't do it. But let me tell you something. If their ratings are dropping 25%, and they can find, for lack of a better term, a money mark who's going to pay them more money for the next quarter, more power to them. Hey, good
2: for them. Right? Hey, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. They've had friends at NBC for a long time, they like those friends. Back in a moment, Wrestling Observer Live.
3: Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063.
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
1: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. This person here says, I have not paid for the WWE Network since WrestleMania. As within two weeks of my subscription expiring, I was emailed an option for free months or months with my current free trial running through September, or from September 25th through December 25th, four months free. And I gotta say this, after looking at the numbers, I, in fact, Exactly predicted, Uh, not to the number, but I knew that it would be a little bit down this quarter, as opposed to the last quarter. I mean, I don't even know if, like, we always talk about all of this free time that WWE gives for the network. As I look at this cycle now for, like, going on four years of the WWE Network, I don't think it matters. I, honest to God, don't even think it matters anymore. Like, the people that are getting it for free, I mean, I don't know if they'd be subscribing, like, for a straight year anyway. I think they do the exact same thing everybody else does. They'd they'd sign up in January. They'd keep it through mania. They'd slowly start to trickle out. They wouldn't be subscribing at all during these months. And then they'd buy again in January. I mean, it seems so stupid to constantly be giving out free month, free month, free month, free month, free month. But, like, if you look at the cycle, I mean, it's exactly as I think it would be if they didn't give out any free months at all. So, I don't know what I'm saying other than... Here's another guy. Four free months. Four yeah. free months. Four. I mean, if sure. anything, I'm mad because I've been paying since day one nonstop.
2: Oh, you, hey, you, should, you, look, you can look in the mirror and feel better about yourself of how much you've donated into there and that you've been able to write it all off anyway. That's it, everybody.
1: I think Mike is always everybody in the studio. No, you don't. All of our guests here today, Mookie Ghana, Big Dave Meltzer. Happy belated birthday to Dave. Yeah, yeah. Even though he buried Vince McMahon's performance 19 years ago this week, I still can't get over that. Well. we got more coming up tomorrow, everybody. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next time, Wrestling Observer Live.